chapter 2 in Acts, verses 37. We're going to start in verse 37. But before we go into that portion, I wanted to give you a little bit of history. This is where the first, the very first church started. And today's, uh, today's title of the sermon is, Together We Are a Vibrant Church. Vibrant Church. That is the vision that our general conference has set for all our churches. And I've selected this, uh, this title to present to you today. Vibrant is full of energy and enthusiasm. Vibrant means that you're spirited, lively, full of life, energetic, vigorous, vital, animated, sparkling, effervescent, passionate. Together, we are a vibrant church. A few days before this beginning of the church in the Acts, the apostles had just spent 40 days with Jesus Christ, 40 days with the resurrected Lord. They had just been talking to him and fellowshipping with him and eating with him and being with him, praying with him for 40 days. And it culminated with Jesus promising the Holy Spirit coming to them. Then they chose Matthias as a, as a replacement for Judas. A few days later, the day of Pentecost comes and the Spirit comes upon the apostles. They were speaking in tongues and other languages and people were understanding each other. And it was a, a glorious day. To the point that it was nine in the morning and they were being accused of being drunk. And that's when Peter stood up. And for the first time, as the leader of the church, of the new church of Jesus Christ, the church of God, he stands up and he preaches the gospel. And he tells these people that they should expect this. That the, the prophet Joel prophesied about this point. That the sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men shall have dreams, and my manservants on maidservants and my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit on those days. That was the day. And it came to be, it came to pass. Now the, these apostles did not have what we have today. They don't have the New Testament, they don't have all the epistles, they don't have all the paper that we have today but they had three and a half years experience with Jesus and they had 40 days with him one-on-one -on -one. and they saw his miracles and they lived with him they saw his resurrection they accepted his teaching they made him they made their that Jesus's teachings theirs and not to mention the Holy Spirit they were all filled with the Spirit of God we're going to be looking at verses 37. So let's start there. So here, Peter has just presented the gospel. And now, when the people heard this, when everyone that was around heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
For the promise to you is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls, with one sermon, 3,000 souls were added to them. And I want you to focus on this next verse, because that's where our focal point is going to be. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers. The characteristics of a vibrant church are four items that the Bible points out here. This is the very brand new church. They just got baptized. They just came to Christ. They just accepted the gospel. And they continued steadfastly. That means persisted, persevered in. Didn't matter what happened. They were going to continue. They were going to walk in the doctrine of the apostles. But I want us to focus on that doctrine of the apostles. Was it really the, the doctrine of the apostles? It was the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Well, wait a minute. Was it really Jesus is Christ doctrine? Because the Bible says in John 17, 14, I have given them your word. So the word is actually coming from God. God sent his son. Who is his son? The word. God sent the word. The word was given to the apostles. The apostles gave it to the church. The church gave it to us. We are the church. We are the vibrant church. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. There's something impressive about that because the apostles could have said, well, here, here's the word from Jesus. He says, no, this is, this is our word. Brethren, this is your word. This is our word. Make it your own. God has given it to us for us to share. God has given it to us. And you might say, well, wait a minute, I'm not Paul, I'm not Peter, I'm not an apostle. You are a servant of God. You need to own the word. You need to learn it. We need to learn it. We need to share it. As if it's our own. They continued steadfastly the apostles' doctrine. The apostles had made God's doctrine their own doctrine. Made it part of their life. In other words, they lived it, they walked it, they breathed it. Didn't matter what they did, it was, everything was filtered through that doctrine, through the teaching that the apostles were giving them. And they continue, continuously, steadfastly, that was, this is not once a week thing, it was just daily they were coming together. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They, stead, they were steadfast in fellowship, number two. They were steadfast in fellowship. They continued in fellowship. Fellowship meaning koinonia, which is... Sharing, it comes from the word, it's a word basically meaning sharing, helping, participating, being part of. So they continued in fellowship. Max Lucado, uh, one of of my favorite writers, in his first, very first book, and I think I shared this with the church a few weeks ago, uh, in his book On the Anvil, comes to a conversation with God and tells God, God, I want to do great things for you. I want to do great things for you, God. And God says, really, I have, I have use for you today. I have something for you to do today. 
That's awesome, he says. Radio, TV, you want me to go talk to Congress? What do you want me to do? He said, there's a, there's a guy sitting next to you that, that needs a ride home today. And when you're done with that, there's a lady sitting in the back worried about how she's going to move her refrigerator at home. But God, what about the world? And God says, think about it. It starts with your brethren right next to you. It starts with fellowship among us. If we want to impact the world, if we want to impact the people around us, we have to take care of each other. We have to love each other. We have, they have to see something different among us. They have to see genuine fellowship among us. They have to see that we love each other, that we have the true love of Christ. And in, independently from our differences, that we can live together because we're destined for eternity. If we can't get along here for 50 years, 80 years, imagine an eternity. We're not going to be fighting there. We're destined for eternity. We need to learn to get along. We need to learn to love each other. We need to learn to fellowship because that's what the early church did. They set all their differences aside. It didn't matter. It didn't matter what it was. They loved each other. The third one is breaking of bread. Now, how can you fellowship with somebody if you're not breaking bread with them? How can you break bread with somebody and not fellowship with them? Some of the scholars are saying that the breaking of bread that is mentioned here is the Lord's Supper. Because the breaking of bread was when it was unleavened, you actually had to break it to partake in it. So not only were they fellowshipping, living, living with each other and helping each other and being partakers of this fellowship, but they were also remembering Jesus because what we do when we partake in the Lord's Supper is that we remember, remember what Jesus did for us. So they were remembering Jesus together in fellowship. And again, not to say that it wasn't that they didn't eat food together as well. I think every every meal that we receive is from God. Every item that we receive is from God and God blesses us with that. And the fourth thing is that they were in constant prayer. If you look at the epistles, it is riddled with opportunities, commands that the apostles give. Please pray for the church. Please pray for the servants of God. Please pray for me. Paul said on many occasions, continue, continued in prayer. A vibrant church stays close to the God, the doctrine that God has provided for us. A vibrant church fellowships, gets along with each other, lives together, helps each other, provides for each other. A vibrant church breaks bread together, remembers Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. A vibrant church prays together. Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed. Think about that. Did Jesus really need to pray? The son of God. He prayed. He had a close relationship with his father. The early church, the apostles prayed. The early church prayed. Brethren, we pray as well. Verse 47 says, 46 and 47, so they continuing, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. 
And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. When we live as the early church lived and we care for each other and we're there for each other, God will give the increase. When we live out what God has called us to be, God will give the increase. Sometimes we worry about the quantity. We need to focus on the quality of our lives, the quality of our spiritual lives. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. When we as a church accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, like these three people today did, and Lord then, the Lord then will give you a family that follows the doctrine of the apostles that came from Jesus, that came from God. We join a family that fellowships, that shares, that participates. Similar to what we're going to do this evening. We're going to share, we're going to fellowship, we're going to have fun. And we're going to bring people from the outside. There's going to be visitors here. They're going to be watching us. And that's a good thing. Because in those, in those opportunities, we have a chance to present Jesus Christ. With our actions, with the way we live, and the way we fellowship. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior... You join a church that remembers Jesus. We remember Jesus by his Lord's Supper, by the Lord's Supper. We remember Jesus by baptizing. You're, given, you're not ashamed of what you're about to do. You're not ashamed of the gospel because you know it's salvation for everyone, for everyone who believes. Brethren, together, all of us together, we are a vibrant church. And I am very proud to be part of this church to be part of this body of believers. We may have our differences. We may have our little uh, disagreements. That's okay. We can live with each other. We can continue forward. We can ask for forgiveness. And we can still love each other. We can still love each other. We can still live with each other. We can still help each other. And we're still there for each other. So I want to encourage you, and I want to encourage the three believers today that have accepted Jesus Christ and today are manifesting what has, what's something that has already happened in their heart. May God bless you, brethren.